Welcome to the I Remember When podcast, a show where I, Sean, sit down with my dad, Glenn, as he recounts his life stories of the last 60 years. G'day and welcome to the first episode of I Remember When. Uh, this one's a little rough as it was put together from some test audio we made. But when it came to trying to actually record the first episode, we found we couldn't get the same reactions uh, from the towels when we first shared them. So please grab a drink, sit back and enjoy. I'm Sean, he's Glenn, and I'll let him take it from here. So to the best of my knowledge, I was born on the 28th of October 1958. I was born at Western Suburbs Maternity Hospital in Newcastle, Waratah, Newcastle, which the hospital's still there, but it's not a maternity hospital anymore. It's since been a maternity hospital a while back. This is what a wall end? No, no, in Waratah. Okay, I don't know that one. Near Kmart. There's a hospital near Kmart? Yeah, on top of the old near Kmart. Oh, there you go. Um, I know the one at Walls End is now an yeah. administration for New South Wales. It was still operating as a maternity hospital when we had the earthquake in 88. Yep. Because that's where Luke was born. Luke was born. Is it? Luke was born there at the earthquake. He was during the earthquake. During the earthquake, they, when Uncle they had on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Vince, Vince's, Vince's son was being born. He's over here pissing on the wall. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he went. He went to the toilet and the earthquake hit. <laughs> I was outside standing and seeing this wave come down the road. Vince has come out from the toilet and he's just turned to nail your mother and he said. You better go and clean the bathroom up, I missed. <laughs> I, know I, was, I know I was born. I, I must have been there. Well, you were there remember. for at least a portion of it. But I don't remember it. And then, as, as far as I know, we lived at my grandmother, my father's mother's place, near the pub in town, in Waratah. Um, I don't know exactly whether we did or we didn't. I should should ask mum, but she wouldn't remember now. We stayed there for about five years, I think. And they, mum, uh, dad's family lived on one side of the railway line, and mum's family lived on the other side of the railway line. Um, so, Ooh, the um, great divide. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know whether it helped anything. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't. Um, People were weird back then. Oh, I did some homework on the hospital. Okay. The the it was built in eighteen ninety. So it was nearly 100 years old when it closed up. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's now the New England administ- Hunter New England Administration Building. Ah, okay. So it's Hunter New England, whereas Walden is now New South Wales Health. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. So in the, the, some of the earliest memories I got was we used to visit Mum's father. He lived in Bray Street at Waratah. We'd visit him. And I can remember we'd go around there and he would always have a, a stack of pennies. And he'd give, give all the grandkids pennies. But that's about all I know that he, he did for us. I can't remember what he looks like pennies. other than photos. Yeah, he'd give us a, a stack of pennies or a halfpennies. But that's... And he would apologise if there wasn't enough. Uh, okay, so that's where Nan gets it from. Yeah. Um, and I, I've only, the only thing I can remember about him is photos I've seen. I don't remember 
he's actually what he actually looked like. I can't picture him. Can't picture him outside. But got really vivid memories of the backyard. The backyard was just all bird aviaries, and you used to walk in between all the bird aviaries. They were just all over the yard, and you walked in between them all. Okay, now I'm starting to put things together because Nan talks about the bird aviaries a lot too, mm. and well, I never understood where they fit into the yeah. family. So it was well, your um, your grandfather, my yeah, great grandfather. My grandfather was a career soldier, so yeah. nobody saw much of him. He was always at work, away, or whatever, with the army. He was a career soldier. Um, and mum's mother died when she was only six, so I never ever met her. Okay. Uh, and it was mum's elder sister raised her. Um, that was Jean. That was Jean. Yep. Jean raised her. And across the backyard... The, the house backed onto a laneway, and across the back of the yard was all sheds. And we were never allowed inside the sheds. That was, you weren't allowed to go in there. But from what I can gather from later on, that was because mum's uh, eldest brother, uh, Alec, used to have a lot of stuff in there. He used to pull things apart and, and put them back together and learn how they work okay. and everything else. So I didn't, need, didn't want us mucking around there. But I know these bird aviaries, they were. They were all over the backyard, the whole backyard. So that would have been his hobby when he retired from the army, his birds, and he collected Australian finches. That's was what, he breeding them or was he just collecting them? Both. Both. Collecting and breeding them. They were just, he had all Australian finches. That was okay. that was his deal. Then mum's brother Arthur went on to do the same thing, and I did the same thing. Yeah, Craig, I was just going to say, yeah, that's you. I had the so same thing here. picked up the same. I didn't, I didn't consciously think about it when I bought started buying finches and raising finches. I just... Did it because I liked it. Because you liked the idea um, of it. And turned out that's what Arthur did too. Arthur didn't do it because his father did it. He did it because he he liked the idea. Um, I suppose when you're raised in an area, or when you're raised around that sort of environment, yeah, you do kind of pick up on those sorts of little things, don't you? Yep. Really? It's, yeah. It's just, it was a hobby and it was just yeah. a fascinating hobby. Um, okay. Except for cats killing them. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is another story. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a we got a pot here, um, somewhere. A cooking pot. It's a cooking pot, and we've got a photo of me sitting in it. Correct. And we've got a photo of you sitting in it. Correct. And now I can't even get my foot in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. So, I do. I do know the photos. Nan used to. to yeah. Well, I've got the photos. I've got the two photos inside, and the, we've still got the pot. And uh, hopefully you're going to put someone in here one day, put a kid in here one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe but it's, one um, day. It's, it's just interesting to look the at this The photo of you is at where? Oh, it's inside. Oh, this is the, the pot's in the backyard of Pops Place. So Pops that's Place. And it shows the bird avis in the backyard. Ah, okay, right, yeah, because I know the photo of me is at Nan's place. Yeah. No, no, it's around where Sandra is living. Up on Cordon Street. Yeah. Ah, okay, radio. I always thought that was Nan's place. No, no. Okay, then. I I got a customer lives in. It's a street parallel to where Pop used to live, in and yep. out. So going in there there every day, I used to go past that place. And you know the house is exactly the same as I remember it. It's been it extended out the back, yep. but from the front, it's exactly the same it's as I remember. It hasn't changed at all. Well, then Mum's sister Betty and Frank, her husband Frank, they live down the road a little bit in the same street. Mm-hmm. Their house. Is exactly the same. Hasn't changed at all. So I suppose that's just part of 
Yeah, it's just Mayfield. part. It's just Mayfield and Hamilton. That's just how it is. It yeah, just they, doesn't change. The houses themselves were built in a manner that don't lend to being mm. changed. Like the external facade doesn't lend to be changed, but it's also yeah, the area is just not yeah. somewhere yeah. that you change that sort of stuff. In um in Bray Street, there was three shops. There was mm-hmm. two corner shops opposite each other, and the the design of the house is still there. They've just been boarded up so that they're not shop fronts anymore but they the design of it's still there and then the third one was down at the end near the railway station and um mum used to work there and there's an old guy in there really nice old guy you go down there and he you had to do as you're told but he was really good to you he's nice to you and we used to stay at betty's place while mum was at work and then we were allowed to go down and meet her when she was ready to and knock off finished, work yeah. Um, but yeah, quite often I used to wander off and go down there. So here I am, and I'm not even five, and I'm wandering all over the streets <laughs> of Mayfield and Moratah, and he goes down there to see you. I, I was a bit of a rumour, a bit of a wonder, and I think quite often I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> and I get, uh, that's something else. Like you that's another story. You never dream of doing something like that. Not anymore, letting, no. letting a kid do that through that area or, or anywhere, in fact. Like, I, I ran away in Taree, but he... Had a disagreement with mum's up, but it took off and, <laughs> and, and they found family. me down the buddy railway line amongst all the train engines, the engines, all the engines, they were steam engines safe. there too. Very Just safe. wandering around amongst all the steam engines. <laughs> Running away, my friends and family, because I remember I did that when I was a kid. Yeah. And I made it as far as across the road, and uh, Madge pulled me up. <laughs> <laughs> she brought me home, and then I think she yelled at you for letting yeah. me go. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Oh, my father ran away from home when he was married. <laughs> okay. He had his good suit in a suitcase and nothing else. <laughs> okay, yeah, righto. Yep. Going to get far with that. You can go far. No. So, I I never met my father's mother, uh, my father's father, uh, Rupert. I think his name was. He died before I came along. But I have I don't know, didn't have a lot of memory about his mother, even though we lived there as far as I know. Um, until later on in life, but lots of funny stories about her. Okay. Lots of funny stories. Cool. Um, then, uh, I think Dad's youngest sister, Irene, was still living there, and that. So she was on one side of the railway line, the high school was that side of the railway line, Waratah High School, and yeah, mum's, mum's side of the family is on the other side of the railway line. So we're staying at Betty's. And I runs into Irene, who was coming home from school. She was only about 14 or 15, coming home from school. And she told me to get me sick, get ass back home. So, so I did. And all right. As soon as she wasn't looking, I followed her. <laughs> she, she went to her boyfriend's place. Hang on, how, how old was Aunty Irene at this stage? 14 or 15. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Aunty Irene. <laughs> when I gets there, buddy, it, this guy's no school kid. <laughs> He's got a job, he's got a licence, he rides oh, a motorbike, <laughs> and she's done a nana because I've, I've gone round yeah. there. But I've gone round the backyard and come through the back door, and she's done a nana. And all I'm going is, hang on, you got a motorbike in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you had a motorbike in the kitchen. <laughs> there was was a he working on it? or No, that's where it parked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, yep. I've heard of people like pulling motorbikes apart and like and oh. putting them in no. uh, in kitchens and stuff, but not just generally parking the motorbike there. Yeah, no, that that was in there. So <laughs> I've gone home and told everyone about Irene being around this guy's place. She's got a motorbike in the kitchen. Oh, <laughs> oh 
my God. He caused a lot of drama. Yeah, it was, on, it was on for the whole... Yeah, it was I on for the whole... There was a lot of trouble over that one, so... Yeah. They, um, but again, see, there's that runaway Snoopy fucking thing, but he, I took off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I followed it because... Again, of, you were doing the wrong thing, yeah. but... You yeah. Know, so was only I read, apparently. At Frank and Betty's house... Um, the so Frank and Betty is, is Mum's sister, sister and her and husband. husband yeah. More stories about them later on too. And in the kitchen, I remember in the kitchen there was a box seat under a bay window. And in there used to be toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were never allowed in it. We were never allowed into it. So of course Of course you got into it. Because <laughs> when there's no one looking, <laughs> you don't have a look. Of course. And I found this thing, it's like a curved Thing that you had with a handle on it that you th- put, throw a ball with. So, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know exactly home. what it is. What is it? Uh, I don't know the name of it, but yeah, we used to use it in school all the time. You put the ball well, it's, called, it. it's called a Basque po- uh, Paletta. Paletta. A Paletta. Yeah. It's a Spanish game or something. But yeah, uh, and okay, it's that the was the only thing we were home. allowed to play with, but there was only one. We only had one. So you'd put the ball and throw it. Fuck me, you've got to go and get it. <laughs> What's the point of this fucking game? Uh, yeah, just keep you occupied, I guess. Yeah, play fetch with yourself. It's great. It's like those people with a stick that they throw the ball for their dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to go get it. I'm not going to go yeah, get it. Yeah, yourself, get yourself. Yeah. Exactly. It keeps you occupied. And that's that's about all I remember of, of those early days. And I, I remember we the, there was a big get-together. When the grandfather died, there was a big get-together. They had a big clean-up, cleaning the house up. And maybe one of the one of my cousins that was there stood on a nail, um, and that was major catastrophe for the day. But that's all I remember about those early days. Um, there's there's other stuff I do remember that I'll get into in a minute, which is another thing. Again, it's it's a social thing that I was really impressed with. Um, so I don't exactly know when in in terms of events, but. Mathematically, I end up with a brother before we left Waratah, brother Ray. Okay. He was, he was born when we were still there. So, Aunty Sandra's the youngest? Yes. Um, Aunty Sandra's the youngest. She's, she's... Right, okay. Yeah, she's two years old, or three years younger than Shaw, than Ray. And right, he's, okay. I'm two years older than him. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you were there at Waratah at yeah, some stage, so, Uncle yeah. Ray come along. Yep. Um... I remember um, Dad's sister, Anne, her and her husband, they had a house in Waratah somewhere too. I don't know where, I've got no idea. But we used to stay there occasionally and the, um, the four of us would have to sleep on mattresses on the floor in the land room and they used to have the old coal fire. Mm-hmm. And on top of the mantelpiece was the old um, clock that chimed on the hour. Yep. I, used to, I didn't like it, I hated it. Because it used to wake you up. It's <laughs> chime noise and you wake up and the house would be dead quiet and pitch black. And, you're like, and the chime's going off. Yeah, where yeah, am I? Right. What's going on? You know. They just, no, just, see this is what I'm talking about, but just little things are popping in my head as we're yeah. going along, you know. What did I say my grandfather's name? It's, it's Rufus. Rufus was his name. I can't remember your grandfather's name. Yeah, I think he said it was Rufus. Yeah, I think it was Rufus. It um, rings a bell. Well, so... The social networking in this community, I guess, revolved around pretty much the pub. Um, in Waratah, there's a pub called the Town Hall Hotel. It's right on the corner. 
Um, so oh, yeah. Straight, straight across the road used to be the post office. So it's yes. not a post office it's anymore. It's not a post office anymore. It's behind a, the, that cancer centre. And behind that is a community hall. Yes. And they're doing that up. They're repairing and getting, fixing it up. Yeah, they are, yeah. Right? So mm. back in those days, the drinking hours were, were very limited. Yeah, um, it was usually... Six o'clock work. sharp yeah, at night time, uh, no Sunday trading. Correct. Uh, limited trading Saturdays and that. Although, <laughs> pissed off at the bar. If, if the pub convinced the legal authorities that they were a traveller's pub, they had a licence to open for a certain amount of time on Sundays. Okay, so yeah. just a loophole in the system. Yeah. yeah, okay. So quite often, the old man would go down there and the old girl make me make him take me with him <laughs> to make sure he'd come home. Come home. <laughs> And yes. I remember we were down there one day and the cops came in. Uh, there was people bolted everywhere. They'd run out the back door and out there. They're going everywhere because the back doors were the only doors open. The rest yeah, of the rest of it was shut. Yeah. <laughs> the cops sat down and started drinking. They're going, where's everyone gone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. right no, no worries. Yeah. Yeah, they'd just come down to have a, a bloody drink while they're on the job. <laughs> Again, something that you don't see very often anymore. And, and back then that was just accepted. That's yeah. how it was. Correct. It's, that was the norm. There was no use arguing about it. It's just the way it was. Things like the, the, the big old Kiwi cop that used to patrol Hunter Street in Newcastle. But if he caught a kid out after 10 o'clock at night, he'd ask him how old he is, kick him up the ass, and send him home. There was no... No gentleness about it. He just fairly nope. kicked him up the ass as hard as he could and sent him home. No ifs, ands, or buts. It yeah. was, yeah. Um, it was just the way it was. Good buddy, a friend of mine, buddy, she got a flogging off the cops because the mother took her down there and said to the cops, we want you to look after a bit. We can't control her. They come back an hour later, they'd beat her up. They didn't expect that. They just thought, put her in the cell to scare her. Put her in the cell, scare the shit out of her and let her go. I mean, that's yeah. something that people still do these days. But Yeah, they <laughs> beat the shit out of her. That, on the other hand, that's yeah. a bit full on. But Jesus. that was that was a bit over the top because that was that was getting on in time too. That was getting closer now. But yeah, that sort of shit used to go on. That was how it was. It just was. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but so insane to think that that was the norm. Like you know, I mean, you, you look at today where cops can't touch anybody. Where you know mm. nowadays. It's yeah, now now they're scared to touch them because they're getting the, shit. the pub had a social club, and in the social club. There was different events took place all at different times of the year. And mm-hmm. They used to have fishing fishing um, outings. So yep. all the guys in the social club were, were, were going to go fishing, but then there was a couple of guys in the fishing club that actually had professional fishing boats. And if you want to go, you went with them. If you didn't, you all went back to the pub and got on the piss. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> when, when they come back from fishing, if you wanted any of their fish, you bought the fish and you made out you'd been fishing all day. <laughs> Hey, and and all that, everybody had <laughs> professional fishermen out having doing their job, but he, some guys were out catching fish and they sold the catch. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as far as anyone knew, they're out fishing and not they're down on the piss. Hey, that's it. Yeah, keeps everybody happy. Yep. nobody's in trouble. See, and that was that was one social event. Um, I remember that social event was a Christmas party. We all get down to the pub early in the morning, and they had a couple double decker buses lined up. Everyone got on the buses and they fussed around, made sure they had everything on board and got everybody there and, and off we went. We went down to, I think we went to Nesca Park down in Swansea. And everything was there. It was food, drinks, lollies, you, know, you name it. Everything was bunged on, all part of this deal. It's, it's, nowadays it's not, you can't afford you to can't do it afford anymore. To do it's, it, yeah. it's, it's, the, the cost is just not permissible. But back then, these, these Christmas parties were fantastic and everything was supplied. 
even years and years later, Western Suburbs Leagues Club used to have a Christmas party at Cronulla, uh, not Cronulla, at um, um, Crowders Bay Park. Yep. And they used to fill Crowders Bay Park. It it's was not a massive. Small park. It's a be, big park. There'd be, be four or 5,000 families <whistles> crowded into this place there for Christmas. And you had tickets. And you had tickets for ice creams and drinks and everything else, and a ticket for a Christmas present. And you just lined up and you got it, and it was all just all bunged on. And it was all part of being a member of Western Suburbs League Club. Okay. But, again, costs become. Yeah, the costs become exorbitant. And, and they couldn't do it know, anymore. And, and, and insurance is. You do that something for a local soccer team these days. Like, your kids would be expecting gifts in the, you know, hundreds of dollars these days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, um, the, the, the when we went on down to Nesca Park with the social club, mm-hmm. when they went to do all the presents, I didn't get one. The, my name had been left off a list for whatever reason. So by the end of the day, I had a present. Quite a good one, actually. I, it was a, a set of colouring in pencil, I think. Yeah, one of those really yeah. big sets. And back then, that was yeah. a big deal. Correct. If you had you had six colouring pencils, you you're doing all right. Yeah. This is like a 36. Yeah, this is 36. You know, so... It was quite a substantial thing. But this is on a Sunday and nothing's open. But the people that were in charge of this thing, they they'd made a mistake, so they fixed it. Made sure that and it was they, corrected. I don't know how they got it, where they got it or anything else, but they made sure that I got my present by the end of the day. Um, and I remember the old man didn't come home on the bus or bus. He went with a, in a vehicle somewhere. And we didn't know what it was all about. Well... They'd went to the Bernardo's home at Mark's Point to drop off all the unused food and drinks and everything else. And amongst it was a keg of ginger beer. <laughs> a big wooden keg of ginger beer. Ginger beer. Alcohol ginger beer? No, no. Yeah, no, just, just straight ginger beer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right here. Yeah. Dang. You know, um, Peter's Ice Cream used to be in Derby Street in Newcastle and they used to have these huge, big, thick canvas bags and they'd fill them up with dry ice and ice creams. Well, there'd be five, six, seven, eight of those things full of ice creams for the day, and what was left over there ended up at Bernardo Homes, and they just they they looked after Bernardo Homes when yeah. the day was finished with anything that was left over, and Bernardo Homes appreciated. But that was that was just part of the social events, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Even something like that, you wouldn't see too great no, these days. No, you like, wouldn't see that. Uh, um, they they had um, their dances. They, they get together dances. Yeah. They were they were funny. And they were in the uh, this community hall that's getting done up now. Yeah. And I remember one in particular. I'm up, buddy. The band had stopped for a break, and I've gone up there and I've sat down behind the drums, mm-hmm. and they've got the snared stick, yeah. snared drum sticks. So I started playing with them, <laughs> not just banging, you know. And the guy that owned the drums next, you know, he's standing behind me, <laughs> and buddy, you're going, oh, oh, I'm in trouble, <laughs> and he didn't. He said, go for it, mate. He just let me do it. So everyone's paying attention now that I'm up there banging away on these drums and everything. And then everyone's attention's vanished, gone. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. So I've got down. They'd found my brother. He'd found a jug of beer. It was probably slops or something, but he'd found a jug of beer and drank it. (laughs) Okay, so how old are you by this stage? Well, Uncle Ray's not very old, I'm assuming. He's, he, he would be younger than three. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Firstly, a jug of beer is already a lot of beer. We don't know that. We, we, we've got no idea how much of it he drank, because we don't know how much is in when yeah. he picked it up. 
three-year-old can't hold a whole no, absolutely too heavy. Not. So, but but he he upended this thing and drank what was in it. Oh my god! <laughs> so the old girl was a bit upset about all that. So we had to go home a meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. There's a probably a good reason for that. Yep. Jesus. But, but they were great. They were great dudes. And then see your your grandfather, buddy Nell's father. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife used to run the dance band up in yeah, Dung Dog and stuff like that. And I've, I had conversations with him about that. He said, oh, yeah. he said you, you do your band and when you when you got a break, you go out and some sly grog. Because yep. grog was, wasn't allowed, but out there in the end of the yep. sly grog. and It was just a way of life. Yeah, that was the, the norm. Yeah, it was just the norm. The, the sly grog and drinking was, it was just the way it was all the time. Even the dance. There'd be guys can hardly stand up at the end of the night. That was just part of the deal. <laughs> They'd still get up and try and dance. Those days are gone. There's, there's yeah, certainly there's there. social clubs around everything else, but they're nowhere near the social events at that. No, that's right. Yeah. They were big social events. Look at social social clubs that are around there. Your Lion, your Lions Club, your Rotary Clubs. Yeah. Like other than that, there's not really. You got, you got places that have a social club. Like a lot of workplaces have a social club where they all chip in money and then they have oh, Christmas yeah. parties. Like but it's not. It's it's only an excuse to have a party or something. It's not like a social event where everyone can't wait to get there. Correct. And yeah. that's that's what it used to be. Like you know, when's the next dance? You know, stuff like that. And you don't have things like that anymore. Mm. You don't have dances or you don't have, um, you know, just get togethers with yeah. with people these days. It's... Um, I've got um, I've seen pictures of me um. My father's father, Rufus, as we've discovered. As we've discovered, yes. And or he was decided. in, the, the picture I've seen, he's in a three-piece suit. Mm-hmm. It's, and he's the real dapper-looking gentleman in his suit. Yeah. But that wasn't his regular dress. He was just a, a labourer in the steel industry. But that's how people used to dress. That's how people used to dress. Yeah. I think we should return to that. That was awesome. No, I don't think I'm going to wear a three-piece suit to come out here. <laughs> You're not going to wear a three-piece suit to work? Why not? Yeah. So it was it was a different time way back then. Other things that we heard from, um, like, after I'd left here, about that place over there, but, you know, things like the old man was telling me how the fire station was opposite the high school and they used to have a bell. Mm-hmm. And if there was a fire, they used to ring the bell. Yeah, just that was that was the system back then. There was no very clacks and sirens or anything yeah, else like that. Sirens, it was just the, the radio the bell, was... and they'd ring the bell. Well, back, the old man reckoned that they used to go and tie a string around the bell, the, the knocker, and run it out across the road to the high school. Now you wouldn't you wouldn't walk across there these days. No, it's that's a very busy, busy road. But they used to run a string across there, and they used to pull it and ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> You'd get shot for doing that. Nowadays you would, but back then that was just that was just something you did. My God! Yeah, you the old man across, running across that road these days. There's, that's no. a main thoroughfare. It, it's bad enough stopping at the traffic, the pedestrian yeah. lights, and trying to get across. They, yeah, the old man was a bit of a beach bum, I think. Not a surfy, but lived on the beach. Now, if anybody knows the coast of Newcastle area, you reckon that. On weekends, would be nothing to start in at Nobby's and walk around the beach all the way down to Reading and back. It's miles. Nah, that's massive. Miles, and I've that's done a full day. Like yeah, I've done, I've done uh, Merriweather to Glenrock Lagoon, which is a section in yeah. between, 
and that's that's pretty hard going. Yeah, that's not a that's not an easy walk. It's not. Like, it's a lot of it's over the, rock hopping. It's yeah, rock hopping, and that. Well, once you get to Glen Rock, to get around Glen Rock, it, to then continue on. It's down nearly to, cliff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's major. Uh, you can only do it at low tide. Yeah, but he said they used to do it all the that time. That was the norm. Yeah, you just, like, just fill it. That's how they fill in their time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've walked from Nobby's down to you know, Merriweather. Yeah, it's nearly all beach. Well, yeah. Correct. But, but after that... Imagining beyond right. that, the only tough part of that is the, the beginning section around the bottom of the lighthouse. But yeah. Even going around through um, Bar Beach area there on the north side of Bar Beach, it's, it's rocky, but it's passable. You can get oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. You've got to get around that point too. Yeah. It's passable. I've been through... I used to get around there oh, all the time. do it. Yeah. I mean... But... Jesus. Yeah. He, um... I don't think the old man had had a car before we left... Yeah, before we went to Window. When we certainly when we got to Window, I got a bit more memory when we get to Window. Window was different. Window was very um, starting school and going to Window Public School. That was there's some stories there. <laughs> Whoa, um, we'll get to that. Yeah. So pretty much that's that's the first five years getting out of out of there Waratah. and getting out of Waratah and that. And certainly we visited there for a while after that. And different people well, there with everybody visitors, still living around the area, of course. Yeah. So where did you move to after Waratah? We went to Windale. That was into Windale. That's, that's when we I moved mean... to Windale. We used to live at Nine, Willander, Crescent, Windale. <laughs> <laughs> right here then. So that's on the southern end, down the bottom there. Yep. Straight across the road was the bush. Um, on top, down through the gully and up to the top of the hill in the bush there is Ringle Valley. Where Ringle Valley Chickens, Chickens. is. Yeah. It's now yeah. a housing estate. It's a housing estate now, but it was... Before it was Ringle Valley, it was just a privately owned piggery. I was going to say, it was a pig farm, yeah. Yeah, it was just a private owned pig, piggery. Um, and later on, they started planting crops. So we used to grow their own corn for feeding yep. pigs. But then um, it developed into Ringle Valley, and they got rid of the pig farm. They got rid of the, um, the, corn. the corn crops and all that sort of thing and just ended up. I think they had the chicken coops, say, yeah, chicken, chicken things there for, but they're gone too. Yeah, well, I I remember being, I remember fixing the photocopy years ago for uh, Darakon who did the um, clean up work around oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah. The chicken coops were still there. Darakon had to yeah. tear the chicken coops yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. They had a massive block of land. Oh yeah, it's huge, huge, and it's um, it's even bigger than what the the farm was at the time because it it used to go right up. Right up to Tingara Heights, up through the bush to Tingara Heights. You're kidding? Yeah, it was huge track of land, <laughs> and the, we got ourselves into so much trouble over that place over there. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that might be where we call that one, and uh, we'll get into that next time. Well, that's it. Our first episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll join us again on episode two as we pick up at Nine Melinda Crescent Window. Catch you next time. Thank you.